Well, it is a unique moment to celebrate together on Christmas Day itself. It doesn't come around that often, at least not in our tradition. <clears throat> there are some traditions that uh, gather every Christmas Day. Uh, we typically, in most Protestant-flavored traditions, just do it when Christmas happens to be on a Sunday. And as it turns out, in the funny way that calendars and leap years line up together, it won't happen again until 2033, 11 years from now. It skips uh, in this next cycle. So I thought it might be interesting to embrace what it means to gather on Christmas Day itself and consider how the message might be shaped for us or oriented for us today. With that, I wonder if we can look one more time at the Christmas story, particularly if we could carry forward a bit of the theme that we began exploring last night, the angel messenger and shepherd messenger part of the Christmas story from Luke. Listen again to these verses from Luke's gospel, chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Luke writes, In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praying, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, for you alone are our rock and our redeemer, and let all God's people say, amen. Sam Wells is an Episcopal priest who serves a parish outside of London in England. Early in his ministry, one of his first years in ministry, he was serving a small parish far outside of the city, and he decided that for Christmas Eve, it would be fun to have a midnight service, or at least a service that would get out at midnight, with the idea that you walk out hearing the bells peal uh, as Christmas Day is born at 12 uh, midnight. It was something that he remembered doing when he was a child and had fond memories of those services. I imagine that some of you, like me, also remember those days of going to a late night service on Christmas Eve. So Sam decided to uh, schedule this. He put it on the calendar for 11.30, thinking it would be a shorter service that would get out around midnight. And in the weeks leading up to the service, he uh, printed up leaflets and he took them around the little town that he was in and put them on doors. He talked it up among his friends and at the coffee shop and other places. Uh, 
eagerly anticipating this Christmas Eve midnight service. And so he got to the little parish church there early and got everything prepared, the candles and all of the other things for the service and waited. He thought some people might come early to make sure they got a seat. And yet at 11 o'clock, it was still empty. And then at 11.15, there was still nobody there. 11.20, 11.25, still nobody except Sam. And finally, the clock ticked to 11.30. Sam said, I hung my head and I thought, well, that's it. He said, I, I, I didn't want to. It felt strange, but he said, I actually cried a bit. I just felt so sad about the whole thing. And he said, it made me realize that maybe it was a mistake to linger in the past. Another colleague of mine, Mark Ramsey, is a Presbyterian pastor. He served churches for a long time, and now he runs a ministry collaborative, uh, a ministry consulting group out of Atlanta, Georgia. He said he normally at this time of year gets lots of mail from pastors and churches and other Christian organizations, including lots of places that make an Advent devotional, just like we did here at First Presbyterian this year, where for each of the days of the Advent season, a brief devotional is written by a church member or staff member or pastor, followed by a little prayer. Mark said, I get dozens of these things, and he said, I take time to read through a lot of them. And one of the things I've noticed, Mark writes, is that these devotionals often use the I remember approach. This well-intended writer will begin with a memory of Christmas, a visit to family, a special ritual that was enacted each holiday, the smell of baking cookies, the smell of a fire in the fireplace, the smell of a freshly cut tree, the smell of, well, you get the idea, Mark says. And with all due respect to holiday memories, Mark writes, I'm not sure that this kind of approach, oriented in the past tense, does much to help us in our present moment, in the now, of living in the world as it is and all that we encounter today. So what orientation might be more helpful for us, might be more appropriate for us on this Christmas day? Thomas Merton once wrote, Into this world, this demented inn, Christ has come uninvited. In a world where there is no room for God's ultimate gift, God makes room for Jesus. Unto you is born this day, the angels tell us. Now, there's something that might inspire us here in this present moment. The reality that God is the kind of God that shows up in the present moment. Uninvited guest, perhaps, but yet the very one that we've been waiting for. Nurturing faith and courage and hope in these off-depleting times begins with our expectation that God will show up today. Be present now. Work in the way that God always works when God is present. God continues to be in the business of making hope where there is no room for hope. And our response to this kind of God on this Christmas day is to greet this day by choosing to trust that God's promises are true and reliable and durable. We'll not be able to construct this kind of hope or courage for this moment on our own, of course. That's God's work. And with gratitude, we discover that it's the very nature and character of God to continue to work in this way. The poet Madeleine Lingle, back in 1973, wrote, 
This is no time for a child to be born with the earth betrayed by war and hate, and a nova lighting the sky to war, that time runs out and sun burns late. That was no time for a child to be born in a land in the crushing grip of Rome. Honor and truth were trampled by scorn. Yet here did the Savior make his home. When is the time for love to be born? The inn is full on the planet Earth. And by greed and pride, the sky is torn. Yet love still takes the risk of birth. Finally, about 11.32, Sam said, he heard the door click open, and a couple poked their heads in the back. They looked around and almost whispered to Sam, are we the only ones here? Embarrassed, Sam shrugged his shoulders and said, yeah, I guess so. Phew, the couple said. That's what we were hoping. Uh, I'm sorry? Sam said, I I don't understand. Well, we'll tell you the thing is, we've been waiting outside to see if anybody else would show up. And when we realized we would be the only ones here, we thought it would be safe to come in. I'm sorry, Sam said, I still don't understand. The thing is, the couple explained to him, we're from a neighboring town, actually. We're divorced from our previous spouses, and now we're married, and In the process of the divorce and the remarriage, we've lost a lot of our old friends. In fact, we can't go to the church that we used to go to anymore. In fact, the truth is, we haven't been to church in a long time. And so we thought coming out here tonight that this might be a place where we hoped we could have a fresh start, hoping that this for us might be, well, a new beginning. For unto you is born this day, the angels tell us. Like unsuspecting shepherds living in the field of our lives, God's announcement of a new thing takes place, and we're invited to rush and discover just what it could be. But now, on this Christmas day, what is sometimes the hard part, but is always the best part, now comes the way the story of God's birth in Christ invites us to imagine and embrace God's birth in us, a new beginning, a fresh start. This is the message on Christmas Day. Spirit made flesh dwelling among us, inviting us to consider both a creator born for us and a new creation born within us. What a wonderful and profound way to take in the Christmas story. Even in those moments, those experiences in our lives where we might find it hard to hope, hard to believe, hard to imagine, God believes enough in us to show up, to show up and to give birth to something new in us today. This isn't just a Christmas story. It's the story of all who've ever detected, even faintly, the pregnant possibility of God's hope being born in our hearts. Long before we commit a Saturday to serving at the food bank. God's hope for a world without hunger is born in us. Long before we let grow of a grudge, God's hope for reconciliation is born in us. Long before we stand up for the rights of the vulnerable and impoverished, God's vision of justice in our city is born in us. 
Long before we do the right thing, long before we admit that we're wrong, long before we stop consuming and simplify, long before we even forgive ourselves, God's new beginning is born this day in us. For unto you is born this day a Savior. So friends, God's hope for our lives and our world may seldom come in sweeping, irresistible waves of power, but instead in persistent, infant dreams born into our lives each day, this day, tomorrow, and the next day. And so today, for today, like the shepherds, let us believe without hesitation and go without haste. For our delight as Christmas people is to humbly visit the place where new life will be born today, to worship and give witness to all that we have seen and heard. And in seeing and hearing our testimony, all will be amazed. Amen.